Have faith in God who gives justice to his people. to see you. Very happy to be preaching, to be in this online meeting with you. We miss you guys a lot. We have made it to Texas and we're getting used to the time zone here. So it is uh, just a little after nine o'clock in the evening. So if I take a nap, that's because I'm getting tired. I don't think that'll happen. You know, it's, it's good to be here. It seems like at times we can't catch a break that life continues to get more complicated, continues to get more difficult. And I don't know if, if you're like me, sometimes I feel like someone is working against me. And sometimes it feels like someone's working against us. And really it is true. We have an enemy in this world. It's God's enemy, Satan. He hates God, he hates people because we're made in God's image. And not only that, he hates God's people, those of us who are believers in Jesus, and he's working to get us down, to keep our faith weak. We have an adversary who is very much against us. But it's interesting how the Bible talks and puts a lot of emphasis not on our adversary, but what we do in response to adversity. When we face trials, when we face difficulty, what's our response to that? And we see that in our passage for today, which is Luke 18 verse 1 to 8. Jesus tells a parable of a woman who faces adversity, but the point of this whole parable is not the person who caused the adversity, not her adversary, but her response to this injustice. We see in this passage that the response to the injustices of life, the difficulties when we're sinned against, the hard things that we face, that that response, our response, is of huge concern to Jesus. He knows that God will bring justice one day to the world. And when that day happens, everything will be made right. Everything will be brought into the right place. And Jesus says that the way we respond to how we struggle now is incredibly important as we look forward to that day when God brings justice to the whole world. So we respond to our struggle, and Jesus calls us to respond to these struggles with prayer and with faith. So let's keep that in mind as we read the passage. Luke 18, 1, verse 1 to 8. Let me read, and you follow along as I read. And he told them in a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect, who cry to him day and night? 
Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? So the big idea, or the main point of this passage is this. Have faith in God who gives justice to his people. Have faith in God who gives justice to his people. In the first verse here, Luke gives us a, an application preview. We get to, to get a preview of what the application is for this whole passage in verse 1. He says that Jesus here is speaking to his disciples. He was speaking to the disciples at the end of chapter 17, and here he continues to speak to them using a parable. But we know that the Pharisees and others of the crowd are around as well. They are also listening in. And this section, this, this eight verses in chapter 18, ends a larger section. It was all about the end of the world. Jesus was talking about what would happen when he comes again, when he comes where in full view of everyone as the king of God's kingdom. And he would collect to himself, he would gather his people and then secure his kingdom with them as his people. So this whole section is talking about that, and this is the conclusion to that section. And we see the application here early saying in verse 1 that the parable is to the effect that they, that is the disciples, ought always to pray and not lose heart. So he says they should always pray and not lose heart. To pray always seems straightforward. This is a continual prayer. The prayer should be a major part of their lives. It's regular, it's ongoing, it's consistent. All these words can characterize this idea that Luke gives us of praying always. And then he says that they should also not lose heart. To lose heart means to remain hopeful or to continue to believe no matter what. We might lose heart at something if we hope for something, but it doesn't happen for a long time. We might begin to think it will never happen. When we do that, that means we're losing heart. We're losing faith that it's going to happen, whatever we're hoping for. So he's saying that they should not lose heart. They should not lose faith, uh, not trust that God is going to do what he says he will do. So these are the two applications that we see previewed here, and we'll get into those more as we go along and see how Jesus supports these applications in what he teaches. So let's look at what Jesus was teaching, starting in verse 2. Jesus gives the, a parable. He says, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. So it's a, a no-name city and a judge who's clearly not godly. Jesus says, and even the judge says of himself later in verse 4, that he neither feared God nor respected man. The listeners of this would know then that this judge could not be expected to give justice because it's the right thing to do. But he was most likely concerned with his status in society and with money. He wanted to have an elevated status. He wanted to work for and do good for people who had status because they could help him to advance in the social ladder 
of the community. So a judge who's after status and after money, the last person on earth he wants to hear from is a widow. In these days, the widow would have been one of the lowest in the society. And we see here, because this widow is coming by herself, she's lonely in, in this endeavor that, that she has no one to stand with her. She's by herself, as we see in verse 3. It says, in that same city, there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. So this is point number one, what the widow is doing here. Point number one is go to the judge. We see that this woman of very little status goes to the judge over and over because she has faced some sort of adversity in her life. And one commentator says that because there's only one judge involved here, it's not two or three, that her case is probably related to some sort of financial injustice. She was probably not given money that she should have been given. Maybe it was the inheritance from her husband who died that made her a widow, and then his money was not given to her that she could live on. Whatever the injustice was, we don't know, but we know that it probably was financial. And she needs the judge to rule in her favor in order to set things right, to make those things right. But he keeps refusing. He doesn't want to give her justice. He has no interest in her because she doesn't have the status that would help him. She doesn't have money to bribe him in order to give her justice or to do what she wants. So she's really worthless to him. Now, one thing we should notice is where does the widow go when she faces adversity? She has an adversary and she needs justice. So where does she go? We see that she goes to the judge. She doesn't go to her adversary. He's probably alive. He's known and what's going on. He doesn't go and bug him. He, she could have gone to his door every day and knocked on it. You owe me this money. You owe me this money. But she goes to the judge, the one who can set it right based on the law. She doesn't go for vengeance, trying to make this the adversary's life miserable. She goes to the judge seeking justice. I, I recently had to call a, uh, a bank here in America about a, a card that I have with them. I had a specific question about the card benefits that was somewhat difficult to answer. Of course, when I called, it was some kind of computer uh, bot that was trying to help me out with my issue. They couldn't really help because it was a kind of difficult and specific question. I finally got to a real person and explained my situation and asked my question and they had to transfer me to a different department. I think that was the wrong department. They had to transfer me to another department and then I finally talked to the right department but the person I talked to didn't know. They had to ask their boss. So I talked to the boss finally and they were able to answer my question. But it took all this time to get to the right person who could actually answer my question. And in a similar way, the widow here knows that the judge is the right person to go to. It's not worth griping to her neighbor 
or even going to the person who caused the trouble. But the right person to go to is the judge, the one who can set it right. And God is the only one who can make right any wrong, any injustice that we encounter. So like the widow in this parable, as she goes to the judge, we too should go to the judge. We should go to the judge of the world, that is God himself. We live in a broken and a fallen world. There are bad things happening all around us. This is not a surprise to any of us. And as Jesus followers, we're promised in the Bible that we would have trouble in this world. Trouble is not uncommon. We should expect it. And when we face trouble, when we face difficulty, our first response should be to go to the judge. And we do that by, through prayer. We do that by praying to God. Prayer is the, the way, is the mechanism that we go to the judge of the world. We pray to God. Remember what it said in verse 1, the, the preview of the application that Luke gave us. Jesus is teaching his disciples that they ought always to pray. So for us, we go to the judge just like this widow went continually. We go to the judge uh, by praying to God. See, changing the world, seeing injustice, and making it right is not our mission and our goal from the Lord. Our goal and our first response should be to see injustice or experience injustice, which includes suffering, difficulty. We should see all these things and we should go to Him in prayer. See, everything that we experience that is difficult or a struggle, so any injustice that we experience or even that we witness, it's an opportunity to sin. Every injustice that we experience or that we witness is an opportunity to sin. We can respond very poorly. We can respond in anger or in fear. We can respond in anxiety or gluttony or envy or all of these things. Think about how you respond to difficult things when you feel wronged. Or even if you witness some injustice, you see something that is difficult and you know is not right. Some disaster in the world, a murder or a war or other things that go on. How do you respond to that? Do you gossip about it? Do you talk about it with other people? At times, do you stress eat because of some of these things? If you have injustice if there's an injustice against you, do you hate yourself? Is that how you respond? Do you punish yourself? Parents, do you yell at your kids? Husbands and wives, do you yell at your spouse? Do you, do you vent to people around you, people that you love? See, when we feel injustice in life, we need to think about how do we respond? Those are all opportunities to sin, but Jesus is telling us and showing us here that we must respond by going to the judge, going to God in prayer. Our response is not to seek revenge and not to run to a friend, but to go to the judge himself, the judge of the world, the God of the Bible. 
Going to God in prayer and talking to Him is opening up about how we feel and what we think about the situation and about what's going on. A good way to start is, God, I need you. This, is, this seems wrong. You know, we can tell God what has happened. We can tell God what we have experienced. He's not afraid of what our feelings are about it. We might feel angry. We can tell him, this is incredibly angry. When my boss calls me after work hours, I can't stand it. We can tell God how much it hurts that our parent or our friend is no longer here anymore. We can, tell, we can talk to God about these things and we tell them, just as the, the widow went and said, I need justice for this. We can go to God and say, God, there needs to be justice for this. This is not right. God is prepared for us to bring these things to him. He knows, and it is important that we do pray to him. Like it says in verse one, always to pray, praying about these things. Now, it might sound easy the way I'm saying it, or maybe it sounds nice right now, but in a few hours or a few days or a few weeks, it might feel like God is not listening and God does not care. If nothing changes very quickly in our situation, if things continue to get difficult, we might think that he's not working. But that's what brings us to point number two, which is have faith. Point number two, have faith. Let's look at verse four and five. Talking about the, the unrighteous judge. It says, for, for a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. So the judge here wants to refuse the widow. It's not worth it to him for him to give her justice. There's nothing in it for him. But we see in verse five that she continually comes to him and it's starting to wear him out. She's not giving up. Imagine him waking up in the morning to drink coffee and she knocks on the door. Ah, she's here already. Imagine him coming out of the bathroom at the office and she's right outside. Excuse me, sir. He can't get away from her. Even at the restaurant, they ask maybe, is, is this lady part of your, your party who's eating? He's, he's like, no, I can't get away from her. So finally he gives in. He grants her justice only because he's tired of her and he feels that he's wasting away under her constant asking him for justice. So the point here in these two verses is to have faith, which we see back in verse one, where Luke says to not lose heart. Having faith is not losing heart. The widow here did not lose heart. She believed that the judge would eventually give her justice. She was persistent. She persevered in going to him often to ask about this. She was faithful in pursuing the judge. Now this section, the, this line of the, 
the constant coming to ask might sound to some parents like kids. Mom, 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 mom. Can I watch? Can I eat? Can I go? You know, it's, it's over and over the continual asking that can happen with kids. But it seems that this woman, it seems like she did the same thing, but actually her continual asking was not a, a nagging ask like, like a kid might do. But it's actually proof of her faith that justice would be delivered eventually. Her asking was, was proof that she believed that this would happen, that justice would come. Her commitment to ask repeatedly showed that she had faith that she would be given justice. We can learn from this. For us, we should continue to go to God with the injustice that we experience, with the injustice that we see around us, asking him to set it right, to redeem his people out of a wicked and unjust world. And we ask God over and over, not as a nagging child, but as someone who believes and knows that God will set it right, knowing that one day, having the faith that one day he will set all things right. Now, to have faith, to have faith to go to God continually, it must start with faith in Jesus as our Savior. If you're not a Christian, then first and foremost, I urge you today to put your faith in Jesus. Believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world, that he came to earth as a man to die on a cross, and he was raised from the dead, and now he is in heaven with God. And that one day he will come again to collect, to gather his people together, to live with him and to be their king forever. And for any people, we start out as sinners. We must repent and believe in Jesus as our savior. So friends, if you have not done that, put your faith in Jesus as your savior. And for Christians, we also need to continue to persevere in our faith to go to God as the widow did, persevering, believing that God's justice will come. We can have faith in God because as Jesus says in this passage, the justice that God gives is sure. It will come. We can be confident that he will deliver justice to his people. And that's point number three this morning, our last point. God's justice is Sure, it will happen. Let's look at verse six to eight. And the Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. So Jesus continues to teach by telling his audience to pay attention to what the unrighteous judge said. We can look back at verse five, at, at what, did, what did he say? He said, I will give her justice 
I will give her justice. I will deliver justice. Now the motivation was not good. The motivation was self-preserving. It was for his own good that he would give justice, but he says, I will give justice. So we see in verse seven then, if the unrighteous judge will give justice, how much more will God, who is good, give justice to his people? The judge is on the, the low end of the ladder of righteousness. And God is at the very top. He is the righteous judge. So if the one on the lowest end will give justice, how much more is God committed to giving justice? Jesus continues in 7 and 8 with the question, will he delay long over them? Meaning, will God's justice be delayed? Will he take his time? Will it seem as if he's doing it slowly? Well, this says no. Jesus says, I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. So it's a sure thing that God will give justice and that he will give it quickly. In the parable, the ungodly judge tried not to give justice, and when he did, it was late and slow but not with our God. God's justice is sure and it is quick. Now, Jesus makes sure to mention the speed, probably because many of us, we all at some point feel like God's justice is a little slower than what we would wish. We would hope that, you know, he would move just a little faster. Maybe we think in, in line with David in the psalm saying, how long, O Lord? How often have we said that? How often have we said that over the last few months? How long, O Lord? This seems wrong and it continues. But we see here that God will give justice and give it to them speedily. So it's important for us to understand that when God gives justice, it is at the right time. Now, God's timing is not always what we wish, but we can trust him that his timing is right. We're reminded of this from 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. It says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. So we see that God is not slow, but patient. And his patience, it is good for us that there is some delay. It is good for people, for people all over the world, that there is some delay. We should be grateful that God is delaying his final justice because it gives time for us and for others to enter into his kingdom. Once Jesus comes back, there will be no more repentance of sin for salvation. So what feels like a long time for us, God is holding the door open. He is keeping the way open for his people to come in. And that's why there is the delay. So just as we who are believers have entered in, then we also can trust God to, to wait for others to enter in as well. 
And we know that he will. And we know, too, that as God gives justice, we think about what, what, is his just, what does it mean that he would bring justice? Well, God's justice means that he makes all things right. Sin and wrong is punished and paid for at the exact right amount. Pain and tears are completed. Everything that should be mourned over is mourned. It doesn't mean that we, we no longer feel, but there is an appropriate, uh, appropriate ending to a broken world. That's what God's justice means, that he, he makes things right. He takes care of those things. We see in Exodus 34, God says of himself, he says, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty. God will by no means clear the guilty, but he is merciful and gracious. So we see God's justice here, that he will not let sin go unpunished. But we know from the Bible that for God's elect, for those who, as we see in verse 7, God's, his elect, God's elect, those who are chosen by God to be his people, that Jesus on the cross took the punishment for the sins of God's people. They are paid for by Jesus, all the sin of his people that they committed before and would commit after Christ, including for us who are believers, all of our sin. Jesus took all that on him, on himself. He took the punishment on himself on the cross. And then for those who are not believers, they will spend eternity, the Bible says they will spend eternity in hell, in torment, being punished for their sin. So God will be just in giving the exact right amount of punishment that sin deserves. But we are in this in-between time where we trust God that his justice will come, but it's before the full extent of his justice has come. Think about a farmer who has crops and he's, he wants to harvest them soon. If a farmer harvests his crops too early, it could be a terrible mistake. If, if it's a, a grain and it's not fully matured, it's probably worthless to pull it up and try to harvest it early. Now he has to wait for the, the plant to mature to the right point. Otherwise, it, it wouldn't taste good. It wouldn't be useful in cooking or baking. And there's a set time for the harvest after a plant has been planted. And the farmer can't rush things. And God is like a patient farmer. He's waiting until the right time for harvest. He is determined when that is, but he's waiting for that. Too early, he won't, he won't harvest too early. And he definitely, as we see in this passage, he won't be late. He won't forget and be like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. No, he's ready but he's waiting for the right time. And we can trust him with that right time, that his justice will come at the right time.
Now let's conclude with the last sentence of this passage. The second part of verse 8 says, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? So in the parable, the, the widow, it was very sure that the widow was uh, persistent. She believed she would get justice. What was not quite sure was whether the judge would give justice. But we see from the rest of Jesus' teaching that in real life, it's actually the opposite. The judge will bring justice. He will give justice. God's justice is sure. But how are we going to respond? How will you respond? Will the Son of Man, that is Jesus, when he comes, will he find faith on earth? The question is whether people, is whether we will be faithful. Will we wait well for the justice of God to come? Or will we be asking the wrong person? Will we be seeking justice in another place? So will you pray to and trust in the God who is sure to give justice? Or will you seek justice some other way, by your own way, a way that leads to eternal torment apart from God? Friends, do not delay. Put your faith in Jesus today and then continue in faith always through prayer and not losing heart. Let's follow what verse 1 says. Always pray and do not lose heart. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today as your, your humble servants. God, we praise you for your work in this world that you have promised to bring justice. Help us, God, that we would trust you to, to bring your justice, that you would set all things right one day. Help us to look forward to that and trust you fully as we wait for you to do it. God, help us to, to have a habit and to continually pray to you. Help us to turn to you in times of trouble, in times of difficulty. And Lord, when times are good, I pray that we would also pray to you, that we would not, have, not be distracted by anything, but would always look to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.